Hey everyone, my name is Jared Milkey. And I am Seth Horst. Welcome to Copy That Radio. Seth and I are both retired, air quotes retired, we still have jobs and careers, first responders. I retired from the fire service and Seth retired from law enforcement. Boom, a cop and a firefighter in the same room. Telling stories. Ah, love it. So our goal here is to share stories. Uh, we call it the ones we couldn't tell. Um, we're sharing stories to try to bridge that gap between the public and first responders. That is correct. Yeah, we believe there's a lot of um, misconceptions about first responders and what they experience, what that life is like. Our goal is just to get the stories out there so people have a better understanding. And it's also fun for us. We it like is. Talking to our old people. And therapeutic. Yeah, it's very therapeutic. Uh, we should warn you, some of these stories are explicit in nature. There will be swearing, um, sometimes gore, uh, other inappropriate content. So it is not kid-friendly. Yes, not kid-friendly. So our goal is not to reach kids. Like I said, it's to reach adults and present these stories and this life, what it's like to live that life to the public. Well, that's all. Enjoy the show. Thank you. Barton, I got to meet him. Shit, that'd be a bad way to go, huh? It would. <laughs> we're live now. So I, it took me a second when you said you were at the track. You said for a month and a half. So you're working at a racetrack as, <clears throat> as like the unit on scene. Is that correct? Correct. Gotcha. Is that is that entirely an overtime gig or is that straight time? Yeah. No. That's straight. That's a straight time gig. It's they just they don't pay us a lot of money, but it's fun to. It keeps up the camaraderie with guys. You know, you get to hang out with the guys again, and it's fun. It's mostly all retired guys that do it. There's a lot of younger guys that that come for a couple of years, but the majority of guys that have been doing it for a long time are mostly retired. So you pretty much just chilling, hanging out, and then if something goes bad, you guys are on it. Right. I work on a um, the High Banks truck. I'm a crew chief. We uh, actually um, – are the guys that are tasked with rappelling over the top of the fence if the um, drivers get stuck in the banking. Oh. How high is that fence? Um, from the top of the fence to the bottom of the track, the flat of the track, it's probably about 70 feet. But the trick is, is that, you know, it's a 31-degree banking. So, I mean, it's it's pretty tall. It's like rappelling down a three-story building. <laughs> What uh? What racetrack is that? Daytona. that oh, that's like the one, man, isn't it's it? The one, yeah. So one of our, the other battalion chief from our shift, um, Chief Crogwell's brother, is the, <laughs> is the fire chief at Daytona. That's like a full time. Yeah, that's freaking wild. So a bunch a bunch of Central Florida people and a lot of our guys from our department work there on their days off and when it's race season. Dude, I did a couple of years there. My my favorite thing was the. Uh, engine outside the main gate oh because uh, everybody's walking by and you're just looking all of everybody walks by you so that's pretty good it's pretty rad oh look at the handsome firefighter everybody wants to give you a hug and get uh-huh. a picture with the truck uh-huh you get a couple hundred thousand people there man it becomes a small city yeah it's wild oh, yeah so there's pit sounds crews, like a lot of fun there's inside crews in the buses and rvs there's people in the towers them like the where all the big wigs are up in the tower. There's people in the towers. There's people outside all the gates. There's people in all the parking areas, and then there's the guys that do the track work, like the high banks team on the track that rescue the drivers and put out fires. That's cool. That's pretty neat. I guess we should probably do an intro, huh? We just jumped right in. Yeah, 
Let's back it up. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I gotta fix my mic. Can you mute my mic real quick, Jerry? Yeah. Just having mic problems. Thanks, buddy. I got a flaccid mic. Now I'm number two. <laughs> it's a flaccid mic. All right. Today we have one of my uh, what would you call yourself? You are a mentor of mine and my old battalion chief at the fire department, and we're gonna tell some crazy stories. Sounds like a good time. <laughs> if you couldn't tell already, uh, Chief and I both worked part-time at Daytona International Speedway, along with a bunch of other members of our department and firefighters from actually all over the country. Don't guys come down from like New England and stuff to work there? Yeah. Uh, actually, I work with some guys that from FDNY. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, and then we worked a lot of years together. You were my boss for, I think, about half my career, I think. <laughs> yep. Seth, you're unmuted. Yeah, I, I was. I was making rude comments, and nobody heard it. Darn it! I have to start <laughs> over. Comments about hard, how hard it must have been to manage Mr. Jared here. How's the? Oh, oh, we lost you for a second. You're back. It was. I'm back. Yep. There we go. Seth was making uh, snide comments about how hard it must have been to manage me. Oh, for, you have no idea. No, I. I, I can imagine. I can imagine. I spent a lot of time with him, and uh, he beats to the sound of his own drum. Well, you know, somebody's got to do it. I tried to go sit out on the front porch to have some privacy, but I think my Wi-Fi is cutting out out there, so I'm going back inside. Okay. No worries. Sounds good. Where are you at right now, for so people know? I am in um, Grand Island, Florida. I don't even know where that is. Is that a nice place? It's a very nice place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sits up on a hill between a couple lakes and and when you say hill in florida that means it's 20 feet in elevation <laughs> if, if that <laughs> hey we're talking like 100 feet here yeah that's impressive there are actually from in our hometown there are some pretty good views like it's, it's one of the higher spots in central florida so really yeah God, i got I, I need to get a jared tour of florida because that's not the florida i've ever been to it's not all swamp bottoms and alligators yeah, a lot of people, it's all Disney World and alligators, but it's a beautiful place to live. I love it. Yeah, I'll need to go back and visit. My my grandparents lived there for a long time, and I would go check it out occasionally. And it was, they were down in Sarasota, though, over. I don't know where that is compared to you, but. It's a rich part. Yeah. <laughs> it's a couple hours from us. <laughs> so um, that's my experience in Florida. I've told Seth a bunch of our villages stories about the pe- the village people. Yeah, that's God's waiting room up there. <laughs> oh, well, I, I invited you on. Thanks for filling in for us. We had a uh, friend, a local guy scheduled that bailed on us this week. So you're here. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, people that listen to this show probably don't know this. I tried to attempt at this podcast myself before Seth and I started, and you were one of the only guests to join me. I think I did four or five episodes. Okay. <laughs> so this is uh, Chief's second time. Round two? It's going to be way better this time. Well, yeah, that's because you got a cop here to talk shit to two, ti- two firefighters. It's great. Yeah, so I don't know if you've been listening to our episodes, but we've interviewed several of Seth's old uh, co-workers lately, and they just pretty much talk shit about firemen the whole time. Uh, we'll beat him up a little bit here. It's a, a, little bit. It's a fun dynamic. I'm actually yeah. looking forward to being outnumbered Last here. Last episode, so. he said, and I quote, there have been plenty of calls where I've been there waiting and couldn't do anything, and then America's heroes finally showed up. <laughs> I, you know what I meant? I meant it. 
I meant it. I have pre- knows that. I have pretended to do CPR on several people, and then thankfully, I'm retired now. I can say that. And then thankfully, the firefighters showed up and took over, and it was just slimy and messy. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Gross. I prefer so, never to again in my life. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I imagine you guys have done it like a shit ton of times. Yeah. And the bad thing is, I used to have to do it by myself, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you've you know encountered as being a cop. But we used to, I used to work when I first got hired with Lake County. <clears throat> we were one man stations, one man shifts. That's insane. Well, how, what year was that roughly? Ninety. Well, I started in ninety, and then I went to another department and worked for like four years, and then I came back. So, ninety five, I was working. Ninety four, ninety five, I was working by myself full time. So you're the only firefighter there. Correct on duty, and you get that just seems crazy. You get a call, and you're like, it is well, crazy. "Hey, go fix this shit." I know you're the only guy, but go <laughs> go deal with this. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Well, especially where I worked, it was thirty, thirty good thirty minutes for backup if you got backup back in the day. Oh, how many? Gosh. How many? There were eight stations then, right? Yeah, and our county is eleven hundred square miles. Ah, oh, that doesn't even so. So you get to the scene of a crash or something and you're expected to do basically everything as far as rescue and medical. Right. <laughs> How's that you even? Stabilize the patient as good as you can and then start cutting them out. I hope, hope an ambulance shows up soon. Yeah. And you know the trooper's just sitting there, you know, writing a ticket or something, right? That's what we do. Uh, he's bitching because you got the road blocked. There you go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Oh, you're pumping on somebody's chest. They're like, can you move your engine, please? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Well, I specifically, we could tell an endless amount of stories, I think, but I specifically wanted to talk about the Blue Rhino event. Are you game for that? Sure. I'd I'd like to talk about the time you almost killed a battalion chief. Oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Go ahead. Let's go down this road. (laughs) Tell Tell that story so we can get past it. Let's go. Oh, me is... and Jared, we came in off duty, didn't we? That uh, was it. Shift or change. We... Just hanging out. Kara, no, Kara was with us. It was a shift change. Okay, got a call for a working fire. Me and Jared jumping a engine, and we're screaming to the scene. And you know, there's reports, people in traps. So it's it's a good hot call, you know. And we're pulling in and encountering a lot of traffic. We were on the air horn pretty hard, and back then it used to bleed the brakes down as well if you ran the air horn too loud and or too long and pulling into the scene the battalion chief on scene was trying to get out of our way and didn't quite make it and jared bumped him with the <laughs> the front bumper it was just a little friendly nudge That's a, uh, he, he jumped about 10 feet in the air oh yeah i would have too it's scary yeah, he was he, he, he was walking backwards. He was pulling a line off the engine, the first in engine that was in front of us. He he was like stepping backwards, just a couple steps. To he had just started pulling that line, and I guess he didn't hear us. You know, all sirens are going from other units, and yeah. that engine's pump was on, so it's revved up pretty high. And Bam! He was pissed. I bet he was. All, all, in my in my defense, that engine it went out of service that same day for brakes, so. 
good times. Yeah. What were you doing? Yelling at Jared? I, I remember vividly you jumping up and down in your seat, screaming, oh. screaming obscenities at me the, as, oh, we, yeah. as we rolled into that driveway. He's <laughs> pushing his foot through the floorboard he trying was. to hit the brake. Fucking stop! <laughs> He goes, I remember the last thing you said, you looked at me, you opened your door, looked at me and said, you just hit the fucking chief and jumped out. I was like, oh. Uh, how's that feel, Jared? I was, uh, well, I mean, there was somebody in, trapped in the building, so we had to go to work. I didn't have a lot of time for feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I, that would be a little pants shitting moment, I That's think. That's the call Caro was talking. We interviewed Caro a while ago, and she, she said the call where I, me and another guy picked her up and threw her in the window. Yeah. So that was that yeah. call. That's a good call. Yeah, it was wild. That was our, I think, wasn't that our departments or one of our department, one of our first meth labs? Yeah, and we didn't know it. We yeah. didn't know it was meth lab until after they started um, doing the investigation and we found all the lithium batteries and stuff. First of many. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff like, situated in this trailer. It was all organized. Like, clearly something was going on. And we had, this was early 2000s. It was right after I got hired. So it would have been 2002. Maybe it was just an amateur chemist, Jared. I don't know. Maybe Mr. Wizard. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Nye. That's where that's Bill Nye got to start in a place just like that. Exactly. Shouldn't uh, be so judgmental. Oh man! All right, well, let's move on. It's enough making fun. Back of on track. Yeah, Blue Rhino. Everybody knows Blue Rhino as the propane company. Ah, and yeah, okay. All over the country, they have. Uh, different types of facilities um, and in our county there in the center of our county there's one that is a bottling facility specifically for the grill size bottles right that's all they do right yeah so those are the five gallon ones yeah like little ones that go under your yeah. your gas grill so that's all that's all they do okay yeah they have they have bigger tanks on site and then they bring in trucks of those bottles and they have it's a giant yard with pallets and pallets and pallets of stacked bottles. So we, we used to I do mean, hazmat training every year and when, you know, it's kind of a joke for us, but, uh, we'd watch all the videos of places like that exploding and go, And I, it was like, I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going anywhere near that. Um, I will find someone to arrest immediately if I get that call and I'll be at County booking that fool. Cause that there's no way we had, we had a couple of cops that joined us down on the, the front front door of that place. It was pretty wild. But yeah. Let's talk about Chief. When that call came out, where were you? What were you doing? I was actually in my quarters in my office. Um, had done been done with the night's paperwork um, after ten o'clock. So I was I was just laid down in my rack, getting ready to go to sleep or try to sleep, and um, I started hearing explosions and they were sounded like they were kind of close and i live or i my office is probably what jared 10 miles as a crow flies uh yeah i'd say 10 or 12 would be about right yeah from the plant and it sounded like you know i'm sure you've been around a house fire and you know you hear like aerosol cans popping off or just different small explosions you know ammunition whatever going off and it sounded like that and i thought it was oh man this this is close i'm gonna be first on scene this is gonna suck so i'm getting out of bed and i hear some 
low rumbles on the radio and I turn my radio up and I, I hear it. The people are screaming and it sounds like chaos going on and they're screaming for the county to come help. I knew it was a big one then. So I get in the truck and start heading that way. Um, I had a question, but I forgot it. Damn it. That happens. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go. I was carry on. I was uh, at the time. I was assigned to a, a battalion aid technician spot. That means you assist the battalion, the on duty battalion chiefs. So I had my so own you get coffee and shit. Or no, you, yeah, that's it. Thank you, chief. I appreciate. Well, no, you're not with them. Appreciate your honesty. Yeah, you're alone. You run their errands, like when they want to sub from the store, you go get it. That kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, I'm just kidding. That's not real. Everybody listening, that's not what happened. So. You, no, you're helping them manage stations, deliver supplies, run calls, like gotcha. any, any major incident or call that requires uh, more than one incident commander or help with it, commanding the incident. You go to that. Um, I was at one of our stations. I just dropped off their stuff, and I was it was my last stop. I was about to head home to my office at the time and go to bed. And we were I was in Harbor Hills with Ryan up there at 54. And from their station, there's a they're like on it's called Harbor Hills because it's hills, so you're up a little higher, and you can see across the lakes from where that where I was. And the call came out. We heard we heard the explosions, heard the tones drop. Like he chief said, they started screaming for help. It was it was in a city's jurisdiction, a smaller city. They have two stations. Yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, it's clearly not something a two station department can handle. Um, yeah. So they're calling for help. And our county, they also, a lot of the smaller municipalities in our county don't have their own hazmat teams. So the county has a hazmat team and a technical rescue team and all, all the cool stuff that we used to do. Um, so we hear all this screaming and I jump in the truck. I couldn't see anything yet. I couldn't see fire explosions. I tried, we tried to look for it because we, we heard it come across that, that valley almost and could hear the echo. Holy crap, this is going to be big. Dude. Jump in. And I was, how far is that station? 20 miles? Probably. Yeah, probably 20 miles on a straight line, bunch of traffic, and it's on a, there's a major highway. It goes through one of the towns I had to get on and go through. So it took me a little longer than it did chief to get there. But I pulled up, and there were people, like, it's like everybody that didn't work for us had lost their mind. Because they weren't following orders. They weren't taking orders. Nobody was giving them any, you need to do this, you need to do that. No instruction. There were two or three EMS trucks just parked all like cattywampus in the inter- in this big intersection. Everybody's in the way. A couple of deputies, a trooper, several troopers probably, standing there yelling at everyone. Um, <laughs> they're, they're all just sitting in the middle of this big intersection running around. And chief was the first command staff to pull up. The city's on-duty chief was there too, but... Chief Crogwell rolled up and he, he started like giving instructions to like telling people when I, when I got on my truck, my pickup truck, he was screaming at people to move their shit. And I don't remember who you were yelling at. One of the engines, I think it was, it might've been one of our engines, but uh, we had a couple engines there. Two of our special operations units were, it's like on the edge of where their areas meets. They were both arriving. Um, I think I arrived right after them. How close were you to the building now? Or they explode? Oh, we're like half a mile at this point. Yeah, is that like yeah. safe yeah. distance or whatever? Um, it should, it should have been farther, actually. 
And then because they had, I imagine like most propane. I mean, they have some giant tanks too, right? There, there's three ten thousand gallon tanks. Good God! And there were four or five tractor trailers full of the little bottles. And then in the yard total, I remember this number coming out afterwards. There was close, to almost a hundred thousand tanks, right? Correct. A hundred thousand propane. Holy tanks. shit! That's a lot of blevies. A lot. Yeah. A lot are, you, of that. are you proud that I know that term? You should know that term. A boiling liquid something. You can't tell me what it means. No, I can't. We, we expanding. Fa- expanding fa- vapor. vapor. Explosion? There you go. Okay. Yeah, Event. Check, out, check out the big brain on Brad. <laughs> 14 years of uh, of hazmat training once a year for eight hours, and I, I actually you got it. something You're up. You're spot on. You put yeah. your level A suit on and go for it. So I'm ready, dude. Let's do it. So <laughs> Chief started giving – he set up command. He's given orders. Um and then, how many workers were there? There were supposed to be nine workers on shift that night? Or something like that. Yeah. I can't remember. And when we, when we first got there, I think none of them were accounted for, right? That's correct. Yeah. How Are there houses around this place, too? Yep. So you're having to deal with evacuating potentially hundreds of people? Yeah, at least a few hundred. It may have been more than that. I don't remember how many lived immediately. What was our evacuation distance? It should have been up to like a mile, right? Correct. Yeah. You got a mile. Did you pull out the little uh, log book? I can't remember. We had one in California. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah. The ERT. Yeah. There it is. Maybe it's emergency response guidebook. Yes. There it is. Is that a na- is it nationwide or is yes. it okay? Then I've seen it. I've held it. You have. I've, mm-hmm. so, so, Chief, tell us your perspective. You, you started. You set up command. Started giving orders, and then what happened? Well, on the way there, when I saw how big it was, because I closer I was getting the 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 more the big picture was coming all into focus. I think I requested our command trailer, our mass casualty trailer, and just like multiple resources to get the ball rolling, to get all that stuff coming. And then pulling up, and like you said, it was just like, it wasn't anybody's, any one particular fault, but you know, it was just, it was, it was a big event and, we're, we were used to big events in the county, so I think we could manage them a little bit better. And that's what my task was, was just to get everything pointed in the right direction to start moving forward instead of backtracking all the damn time. And that's what we did. We just set up and we decided shortly after I arrived on scene that I was going to go down across the street and take a bunch of guys with me and uh, search for those victims or possible victims. And that's so, what we did. So you're having to go basically go into the facility or next to it. Uh, to we were across the street. There's a big, uh, was it GT conveyor, that building? Yeah. A big conveyor belt manufacturer. So you, you, you're a hundred percent. If that thing blevies or one of those big tanks blevies, you guys are done. That, well, <laughs> the, the little tanks were landing in front of us. Like, like, <laughs> We were we set up kind of on the edge of where they were landing. They were they were shooting like hundreds of feet in the air and landing, and we kind of determined there was like a little circle-ish line out in the, like we were probably 30, 40 yards off that line where most of them were landing. One of those things hits you on the head, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. But and a lot of people listening will say that's stupid, but in reality, there were nine people missing, and we right. we had to get eyes down there. We had to go set up a. <clears throat> some sort of structure to start the search. Like there's no, yeah. we don't have a choice. It's kind of like cops having to go into an active shooter scenario where, you know, there's a gunman, like you, you just, you got to do it. Yep. Same you gotta, It has to be done. Yeah. 
So it started, we went down there, it was you, me, and Chief Jones, right? Chief Jones came in from the opposite side, and he was, he set up that sector's, he became that sector's uh, boss. I think it was the south side? Yeah. Yep. So a big incident like this, does does the state come in and have any say in anything, or is it just handled by the county? Really? Handled by the county. Yeah. You can't depend on the state for the first, what did they say, 48 hours? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It takes takes a while to get the, all those resources spun up. Um, yeah. But but that being said, all the bigger departments, cities and counties, the, you have a state um, asset or resource in your department. Like our, our, our special operations team is a state-numbered team. Mm, so they're, okay. they're equipped for that. Is that how like some people are associated with FEMA? Like they're they have a is that yes. the same kind of deal. Yeah, okay. same thing. Yeah, they might get called out to that. Yeah, incident. like there's a there's a Central Florida task force that's a FEMA task force, but then mm-hmm. all the big cities and counties in Florida have their own task force that's a state task force. Gotcha. It's a light technical rescue team is I think the the proper way the proper uh, name for it. We were five number five twenty six. Yep. <laughs> Was our number FTF five two six? So uh, a fire like that. I mean, do you guys even try to? You don't try to put that out. You just trying to grab people and get out of there and let it burn itself out. Yeah, there was nothing. There was not. No. The, what's the rule of thumb for uh, one propane tank on fire is like five hundred gallons a minute. You got to put on it to cool huh. it down, so it doesn't blevy. Yeah. No way in hell we were doing that. So just let it rip and evacuate. Let it rip. Let it rip, tater chip. How many how many guys did we end up sending in to perform that first search? Was it two squads? Yeah. It was two squads. 72 and 109. Uh, I think that's right, yeah. Good memory. Is there a way to tell, like, with the big tanks when they're about to blow? Or, I mean, can you look at them and be like, eh, we got a few minutes here? Mm-mm. So you're just... <laughs> The longer you've been around them, the more you can kind of, from the sound they're making, you can kind of tell when they're about to go. But if they're venting, just leave them venting. You know, yeah. a lot of people are scared because they put the fire out or, or cool the tank down too quick. And then you get all that vapor. That's when they explode is when they can't vent because they all come with their own pop-off valve, basically. Mm-hmm. So when they're on fire and they're burning, that that liquid heats up, it boils off. It's got to have somewhere to go. When it doesn't have somewhere to go, that's when it explodes. So as long as they're venting and doing their thing, let them do their thing. Just let it burn off. Yeah, that's uh, what we call pucker factor. It was going, oh, yeah. in, going into that. I honestly, that's that's the only call I I vividly remember. This I was we were standing there in that parking lot looking. Watching this stuff rain down, and I was like, "Damn, this might be it. This is the one." And, okay. Yeah, gonna yeah. get a propane tank to the and head. Then I'm, I'm standing there thinking that shit, and we hadn't really said anything yet. And, and Chief goes, he looks, turns, and looks at me. He goes, "I couldn't think of a better person to die with." Oh God, thanks, Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Way to set the stage. I could tell he was. I could tell he was nervous as hell, and I just had to break the ice somehow. <laughs> yep. 
sick sense of humor. That's what I thought was the best thing to say at the time. I probably got a good laugh and like, yeah. yeah, I never, I never had that feeling on any other call, like any fire or anything we did. And just for some reason that one, I was like, shit, this might be the one. God. Did you guys pull any, uh, any bodies out of there? Funny story. Nope. <laughs> really? You want to tell them how the first couple were found? The, um, actually the, uh, the only serious injury, there was one burn injury and one traumatic injury. The burn injury was from the guy who was on the forklift when the fire initially started. He got caught up in a flash fire and got burned. And they were dragging him out because they knew they had to evacuate the plant. And they followed their evacuation plan and everything, and it worked out well for them. The second guy, however, dummy, I shouldn't say dummy. He was scared. Sorry, right. he's not going to listen to <laughs> He this. was running across the street and stopped halfway across the street and turned around and looked at the plant and got hit by a car. No shit. That's, yeah. That's, that's how these and things go. A Tavares cop pulled up to grab him and to get him out of there, and his car got hit by a propane cylinder and put a big dent in the quarter panel. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he was yeah. lucky as well. And I think that's the last time anybody went down there and unbeknownst to us that everybody had made it out and yeah they all ran like were they going they, to like houses and stuff well they were transported a bunch of different places and nobody talked to them get to, to get to see what the story was so if they had just taken the time to talk to a manager or a supervisor or whatever they had probably told them hey everybody's out of the plant yeah we still would have done a search anyways just to verify that, we never take anybody's word for a search or know that a ba- building is vacant or not. And, you know, that's that. I guess you can't use infrared either because everything's hot, huh? Infrared? You mean <laughs> like thermal fl- Yeah, thermal. Excuse me. No. Excuse me. <laughs> it's not my uh, word. No, our, our two crews that we sent in, they did have their thermal imagers because that's how, I mean, the building was full of smoke, hole. It was crazy. They said tanks were... You could see the exact shape of tanks in the wall as they shot through the building. Yeah, they blew through the blew through the steel building in a couple cool. spots. Um, did uh, any of the big tanks blow, or they just vent correctly? No, they just vented. They, um, I don't think they ever vented. The fire never got to them. Oh, that's good. It was close, but none of those tanks caught fire. How did it, how did it start, dude? It was a. See, when they get their old tanks in, they, like, have a process to where it pulls all the product out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that there was something wrong with that machine or whatever, and they had to get their quota done, so they started just bleeding off tanks in the yard. And propane sinks to the ground, becomes lower. It's heavier than air. <sighs> Natural gas is lighter than air. It'll just dissipate. Well, propane tends to hug the ground. And the guy in the forklift started the forklift, caused a little spark, boom, lit off. Ah, boy. Crazy. It's always, always that one guy. <laughs> always that guy. Hey, how, how, Chief, how thick are the walls in those big 10,000 cal? They're like four inches thick steel wall. And I have no clue. It was, I remember it was several inches. It was much bigger than I thought it was. Oh, uh, yeah. That's ne- never cut one of those open to make a barbecue pit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so you've made a few barbecue pits, is that what you're saying? No, not me. Well, so this this total scene was what twenty four, thirty six hours, I think, something like that for us. 
it was a long, it was so long. I know I was working a double, which sucked even more. And I was, I was so tired when I finally got back to my quarters and to get a shower and they called me and said, Hey, the governor's here. He wants to meet you. <laughs> Screw him. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and I did. I never went. All the cops went and shook his hand. Of course. Heroes. They're the real heroes. Real heroes. <laughs> <laughs> what? So that thing just burns itself out and then yeah. you guys go in and mop it up. We watched the whole fire creep across the yard. How many acres is that yard? I wouldn't even begin to imagine. I don't know. It's man. a couple it was, acres, right? Yeah. Just There's just a lot of fire and a lot of shit burning, and it was crazy. Yeah, people it, thought people thought World War Three had started. They were people ready. Thought we were being invaded. They were calling nine one one and thought that you know somebody was dropping bombs. Yeah, it was crazy. We watched it. We watched it work across the yard because it's it's stacks of pallets of five gallon propane tanks i don't remember how tall the stacks were but that's how it was organized right they're on pallets stacked next to and on top of each other and then there were three or four of the tractor trailers that were also full and it went across the yard and it died down a little bit but the uh, i think two of those tractors the semis were on fire and we were like oh i guess that's next that's when steve called me remember we were sitting at our little command post across the street Hey, uh, you need to leave. And yeah. I'm like, what's going on? He, and he could see, cause he was watching TV at his station on the news. And there, you know, of course there's a million news helicopters in the air and we didn't have any of their live feeds, but the guys back in the stations did, and they were calling and give us some reports on what was burning, where it was going. So we kind of knew, you know, what our next, game plan was going to be or if, what we needed to change tactically and it was just <laughs> it was out of control man and he's like he and when he saw those semis catch fire and they were burning they got close really super close to the storage tanks and that's when he said hey man i think those storage tanks are going to go and that's what we we're worried about the the smaller tanks we could manage but that big one that's you know that's a neighborhood killer there that's going to take everything out if one of those goes yeah. and there were three of those next to each other three of those yeah. yeah i can't imagine how much shrapnel would be coming off that holy crap <laughs> it'd be a crazy it's a lot of steel it was pretty nuts yeah so we backed out and waited till those burned up and then what we do went back in and just managed it started putting lines in place and there was a deluge system that protected the building. So the building never burned, mm-hmm. but everything around it burned. There was, you know, cars with propane tanks through their windshields and melted cars and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We, what did we do? We set up a couple monitors, the, the big water guns on the ground for, for you, Seth, and put one on, the tanks, the big tanks, and then there were a couple just spraying on the pile, right? Right. Cool and just leave it and let it run? Yeah. Yep. Set up on man monitors and let it do its thing. It's pretty cool. And then once the sun came up, the morning hit. Uh, we I remember briefly I was helping somebody. I don't know what unit it was, but we were going door to door, knocking on doors, searching. making Because there were tanks landing in people's yards, on their houses, like all around there. 
So. <laughs> Got to go assess the damage and yeah. then. Do you remember who or how long that took? That's a lot of paperwork. Forever. And then they gave us those stupid flagging flag used for utilities when they're marking utilities mm-hmm. and wanted us to go around and put one by every freaking. I remember that propane tank that left the yard. I'm like, are you shitting me? I said, my guys have been out here all freaking night long. Now you want them to go around and flag stuff. It was, it was, that wasn't one of my stellar career movements, but. <laughs> so, oh I mean, my. did someone have to draw like a diagram of where everything landed for insurance purposes? Is that's, that what, that's what they were wanting. That says what it sounds like to me. And then there, we turned all that over to the state fire marshal's office. And then here, this is, you this go. is your baby now. Yeah. <laughs> you can go around and do all that. Yeah, we put a couple in a couple yards, and then we were just there were so many. We were just like it was me and uh, Robbie and somebody else. I don't know what unit he was on, but it was just a disaster. It's like there's no way we can manage this. Oh, there was one death attributed to it. It was the guy that hit Squad seventy six when they were responding. Oh, well, you also had a crash on the <laughs> while everybody was rolling out there. Yeah the 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 squad, which is like our. I guess you can call it a heavy rescue, but it's not really. But some a rolling toolbox. They uh, they were rear-ended, and the guy he was an elderly man that was watching the fire as well, and didn't see the big fire truck with the red flashing lights on him, and ran right in the back of him. Oh, man, and he he died later on at the hospital. I forgot about that. It's like when there's a big shit storm, it seems to be a lot of extra little shit storms along with it. And it always, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous. In the minutes, but after starting my response, the roads were already clogged with people going towards the incident. Moths people to the flame. People, that was going on. And yeah, it looked I remember like that. World War three. <laughs> Why the hell would you want to go towards that? I mean, the guy made a career out of it, you know, but, yeah, but you know, I think that's Darwin. Darwin's rule there is like uh, this is how it ends. I had a bunch of friends and family send me pictures. Like some of them were out. They walked down to their uh, Ashley's sister lived in a in a house over on. <coughs> let's see, would have been Lake Dora, I think, <coughs> off of one of those roads there. And they walked down to the dock, and they were out on the dock taking pictures. Lake Dora was like just two miles from this. It's like fireworks. Yeah, they yeah. they sent me pictures the next day. They're like, "Hey, were you here?" And I was like, uh, "Yeah, I was there." Thanks. Uh, those people having parties. Thanks for thanks for asking if I'm all right. Not like it's cool you got a picture, but uh, I got we got a bunch of those. I mean, it is you can Florida. see it from everywhere. It was it was it was crazy. Um, anything else you want to add about that scene? Not unless you do. No, I Did don't. It change any policies for you guys, or everything go as planned. Oh, we- Everything that we did, we did right for the most part. I mean, yeah. it was, there used to be a, um, there's a bunch of videos of it online, but there used to be like a, um, somebody took all of our radio traffic and put it in a video. Oh, let's see if I can find that. Oh, yeah. That'd it be, was pretty cool. That'd be cool. That's awesome. I did, uh, I just want to hear Jared scream like a girl on the radio. Uh, no, no we were all pretty, it was remarkably calm, and that was the scary part. Yeah. There's, Screaming on our part. There was no, we never yelled at each other. It was just, you know. We just yelled at the other department. Hey. And the yeah. troopers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I'll say this, though. I, I remember that specifically about our shift. We were, we were 
with the exception of one or two people, we were very um, calm and collected on the radio traffic. That's good. That's yeah. that's the number one concern after uh, you know after any incident is like, how did I sound on the radio? Was it good? You always have that one outlier, you know, that's <laughs> screaming for no absolute reason. I remember, the, I remember one call. Those it was actually those that big tornado we talked about before. Mm. Uh, when I pulled up and gave my report on that one from our engine, I was, uh, damn, I don't even remember what I said, but I sounded like a complete moron. It was just like so chaotic, and there were there were houses like laying in pieces strewn across the road in front of me, or trees down, power line. I was like, uh, uh, I, I remember that vividly, like malfunctioning in that moment. <laughs> it's a little too much chaos to process. Yeah. I, I like routinely would, you know, take a moment, take a couple breaths before something, after something crazy happened and, and then put out my radio traffic. Sounds a little better that way. Like I hit a deer at 105 miles an hour one time and I like, I was fucking terrified and my heart rate was about 200 beats a minute. And, um, I, I waited a good five minutes before I <laughs> radioed that in. I was sitting on the shoulder, just like chilling. I think I called my wife and I'm like, is that the one, is that, the one that missed it? Yeah. Yeah. The deer missed. Um, oh. The smell of deer gut and airbag will forever just cripple me when I smell it. It's so horrible. It's like all the other smells. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just thought of something. I I didn't um, I didn't even realize this until now. But it seems like large propane events, and you have a thing. Was there another one? There's another one. I've had three major gas fires. Oh gosh. The two of them were. One was on the uh, the big. Cross Florida natural gas pipeline. I think it's like that's the one I was thinking of. Is that the one you were thinking of? Yeah. The one burning in the middle of the field. Yep. What the hell did you do with that? Is that one of those like three foot diameter gas lines? We got run Um, one running through. It's at least that big. Bigger than that. Yeah. They were you could walk through it. That's how big it is. Holy shit. And they were changing out a valve or doing something on it, and the the pipe was the big uh, high tension power lines were right above it oh, and they figured lit off by static electricity. They were bleeding the line off and this was a natural gas pipeline. So it was going up in the air like it's supposed to. And they think the static electricity from the power lines lit off the plume and it followed it right back to the thing. We got caught. That was a shift change too. There's a bunch of guys there hanging out. That, morning coffee. I was usual. actually, I got fired from a job because of that. Yeah, did you? Yeah, it's when I was, I was volunteering. It was right before I got hired. And I was, I was working at that golf course with Danny's dad. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I was like right towards the end of EMT school. And they were already mad at me because I was in school and I had to, like, my hours were odd. Like, not, not what they wanted every day. And I, that call came out it's back when we still had volunteer pagers back in the day. And I was like... I drove my mower back to the shop, parked it. It was like, I'm leaving. Just left. Got a hot call. Yeah. They didn't fire me, but they talked to me, and I was like, well, I'm just going to quit then because this is stupid. But. Yeah. They, um, me and JB actually got in trouble for that one. For turning it off? Yeah, for turning it off because they had, the chiefs up sitting up on the hill had figured out this big plan, of course, because it wasn't in a hydrated area about how they were going to bring all this water in to help us fight it. And we had stretched all this big line in there and we're flowing lines on different stuff and to keep stuff cool. And 
we kept running out of water. So every time we run out of water, it get hot as hell in there. And there was all these drums of some unknown product and they kept on puffing up. Like you hear them go doink and the whole tops of them be domed. So oh, they're going to blow up. And we got tired of freaking running and there was a technician there. So we asked him, Hey, what's the best way to control this fire? He goes, just shut the valve off. So JB and I just, and JB is like half my size. Yeah. And so I've got the top of this big wheel and he's got a bottom and we're just cranking the hell out of it. And chiefs are up on the hill making their big plan. And I don't know if we told him or not, but the fire went out. It did. I remember um... we, we came walking out of there, high five and shit. And the chiefs were so freaking mad at us because we ruined their plan wow. that we ended up in the chief's office like the next day, getting our asses chewed off. And it's like, give me a freaking break here, people. <laughs> how, tell, tell us how big the fire was. How t- it was over those power lines. I know that. Yeah, it was taller than the power lines. I don't know how tall that is. Those, I mean, those, they're like a hundred feet. Ones? They're way oh, up yeah. there. I can't. You're talking to a guy who thinks freaking three inches is half a foot. So, is that, I mean, I, I, see where, I see where oh. you're going with that, Chief. Um, <laughs> did, they melted. So they melted the power lines. And this fire melted the power lines, and the two poles closest to it were bent, leaning away from it. Yeah, dang. T- not poles, towers. Did, did it? Uh, was there a crater? Did it like when it lit off? Did it explode, or did it just light on fire and like a torch? No, it was one of those like substations. Yeah, where valves come out of the ground so they can do maintenance on them and stuff. And there's usually like a pop off valve there, and so. and that was the second fire was a pop off valve. It was a call that we'd go to probably a couple times a month. You know, there's a pressure pressure valve on that thing, and it would pop off, and people would smell gas. And then they would call 911, and we'd go out there and check it out. Well, this time, it got hit by lightning, and it was a real fire. And that thing sounded like a freaking jet engine going off. Where was that? On Wolf Branch. Okay. I remember That's where that was in the 90s? Probably. Or- yeah, me, Jackie Benham was at 31, so he came up that side, and I was think I was at 42. So yeah. it's, it's basically a big-ass blow blowtorch at that point. Oh, yeah. It was, it was <laughs> fucking impressive, but it sounded like a freaking... I, I used to work on a... Uh, when I was in the Navy, I worked on the flight deck for a while. It was louder than any freaking jet I've ever been around. I'm sure you guys had proper ear protection, too, while you were working on that. Not back then. No. <laughs> <laughs> the funny story about that uh, pop-off valve is one time me and Robbie Staub were working together and we get a call to go check it out because there's people smell gas. So we go cruising out there and there's a deputy sitting there on the side of the road and he's waiting for us to get there. And I said, well, there's nothing going on. It's doing its thing. And we were talking to the deputy and the frickin', un- we didn't know it was going on, but the space shuttle came in to land. And <laughs> that thing comes over Central Florida, it goes, two huge sonic booms. I mean, it rattles the whole state, right? Well, people, <laughs> I was holding Robbie like a baby. <laughs> he jumped in <laughs> your arms? He went off, because he jumped right in my arms. And it was nuts, man. The, the deputy was slid down in his seat, man. He thought he was dead. <laughs> Quite the day. So, People <laughs> on the radio to come check on us. Let's let's paint this picture here. Chief is you're what six five, six five. Yeah, oh, six five. Boy. Bigger than me. Yeah, 
not a small human. And then Robbie is like what five six, five foot nothing. <laughs> yeah, Robbie's he's just a, like average sized dude. But, yeah, oh, Robbie, I, we need to get him on here. He's got some good stories. But Robbie also has a peg leg. We'll talk about that later. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, imagine a big six five, you know, massive dude standing there, and another smaller. Not as massive, dude, jumping up into their arms with a peg leg. It'd be funny if you could see it. I can see it in my I mind. Can, I can kind of picture it. <laughs> well, let's go. I want to go back to the uh, the first, not the first one we talked about. That was Blue Rhino, but the um, that big transmission line fire. I, you or JB? Somebody told me after that. After you guys turned that valve, you could see the imprints of your fingers on it. That wheel. No, just the the, the paint was hot. Oh, okay. So where the you know the paint. Like, you could see where our, we had grabbed the, the thing, just the paint had came off. Oh, gotcha. How far was that from the actual flame, that valve? It was right there. Oh. So it was hot. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. My hero. I don't like, mm-hmm. hot, I don't like hot stuff. I, I think I've always thought, like, eh, being a firefighter would be fun. You sit around, you eat good food, and you play games. And, but, uh, yeah, the hot stuff, man, that's no good. No good. No good. Well, Chief, you have any other stories you want to add today? I'm I'm here for you, brother. You're here for me, man. I could I keep thinking of I'll stuff talk, like crazy stuff. I'll talk about anything. Let's, let's talk crap about Kara for a minute. Oh, a little angry man. <laughs> so Chief's Chief's name was Big Daddy, and Kara <laughs> we called her Little Angry Man. What was your nickname, Jared? Any anything having to do with milk? Milky. Oh, milk. See? Good. Milk dud, milk toast, like any stupid milk name you could make up. <laughs> milk titties, like what, whatever. <laughs> if you don't know me, if you're listening and you don't know who I am, my last name is Milky. That's why. It's not spelled the same, but. Yeah. Well, it took me a while. I didn't know that at first. Honestly, I had to ask you. It's kind of. It saddens me that I don't get real nicknames. Yeah. <laughs> a real nickname. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, that could be good. Milky. Yeah. Big white dude. The little angry man. What do you want to talk about her? She got the worst mouth in Lake County Fire Rescue. Yeah, really? probably in any fire rescue. She has she, a potty mouth. She definitely has a lot of energy. I could tell that when we talked to her. She's wound up. She's oh, wound I, don't know. Up. I was just thinking of like some. Uh, That's pretty entertaining. We, actually, we honestly can't share any of this, but like coffee table, shift change, banter. None of, none of that should be shared here. Mm, probably not. But Kara's one of the, like, if you get her fired up, she's one of like the angriest craziest people you could talk to she looks like it she like, she's, what's her nationality she's, she's greek or she's something? greek yeah how did i know i knew that i yeah, guess that yeah. uh she's five foot two weighs like 120 pounds and mm-hmm. is feisty you gotta choke her to put her down she's freaking oh look, were you at that at oh, okay. were you with us at muscleman's when she jumped on my back we told that story oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long, how long have you been a uh, firefighter, Chief? I worked, uh, let's see. God. Counting volunteer, military. Yeah, Chief was a, was a firefighter in the Navy. Oh, that's what you did on the flight deck? You were a firefighter there? Uh, no, actually, I started off working in aviation fuels on the flight deck. Okay. And when they, um, they reopened the firefighter rate um, while I was in. And I knew that's what I was going to do. 
when I got out, cause I'm a third generation firefighter. Um, that, so I, I transferred into that position. So for the last like two and a half years, I was in the Navy active duty. I did damage control, which is firefighter rate. And so I volunteered for a couple of years or like one year before I left for the Navy. Then. Oh, can you tell oh, us that story? About 35 years total. And so then you retired from Lake County and now, and now you're working at the racetrack. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Speedway. I've been there 15 years, going on 15 years. At the Speedway? Yep. Holy wow. Wow. It's all right. It's all right. It's not, it's not my dog this time. <laughs> uh, tell us how you, um, how you, uh, about when you left for the Navy. That was kind of a debacle, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I, I originally signed up for, uh, in high school, that delayed entry program. Mm -hmm. And I was about to leave, um, right after I graduated, I had to have my tonsils out and they're like, Oh, you can't go in now because you've just had surgery. So they delayed me a whole other year to heal up from that and do whatever. Well, in that time period, I started hanging out at the fire department and figured, Oh yeah, this is my path in life. Mm -hmm. And I, God, I had signed up for the Navy. <laughs> so, like, the I was supposed to leave for boot camp on a Monday. The Friday before I get a phone call, it was my recruiter saying, hey, you ready for Monday? I'm like, what's Monday and who is this? <laughs> this Bill, I'm your recruiter, and you're leaving for boot camp on Monday. I'm like, oh, shit. The <laughs> <laughs> way I went Monday and never looked back. That's that. That's it. Did you do uh, four years, or did you extend it beyond that? I, I extended. I was um, four years uh, active duty, and then I did a total of another six in the reserves. Gotcha. So you've been around explosive, dangerous shit for most of your adult life, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm reliving it all right now with all this Russia shit going on. When we were in, we spent a lot of time. I was on an amphibious assault ship. Um, that looked like a miniature aircraft carrier. And um, we spent a lot of time with a lot of Marines on board ready to do some stuff. And we spent a lot of time in the North Atlantic and the Mediterranean and had a lot of encounters back in the 80s with the Russians. Mm. And, you know, just dealing with those shitheads. And now here, here we are again, almost 40 years later and doing it again. Yep. Were you in uh, during Desert Storm? No. I got out right before um, Desert Storm started. I was in the reserves, but I called up and I was like, I'm ready to go back. And they're like, yeah, you and everybody else, dude. Because <laughs> there's, there's a guy for each job. There's a, uh, it's not a recruiter. It's, I forget the name for it. There's a guy in D.C. who you call and you, you can work out, you know, your duty stations and stuff like that. And I called, I called DC and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go back in. And, um, he's like, yeah, no, you and everybody else, bro, just calm down, sit down. We got to <laughs> take a seat. <laughs> well, that's funny. I, I did see, I saw some meme or something posted the other day about 
kids now being worried about getting drafted and the, and the thing was like yeah uh don't worry about that it's, you're not gonna get drafted <laughs> there's, enough, there's enough real men out there that are well yeah cool. that's basically what it said i remember <laughs> that mean that was good we did i mean we just finished 20 years of sustained war and nobody got drafted so i, I don't know why they're worried about it right yeah, right right uh chief set your current job what kind of schedule do you work do you just work on race days or is, is there like a training schedule or there's um you can actually work that track is hot almost 365 days a year hmm. there it's doing richard petty stuff which, which is the nascar experience where you can go ride in a race car you can i can go there and work for that or bikes is coming up and then they have it's a whole entertainment venue now over there they have big concerts and Oh, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you got you got bike week. You got all the Daytona spring break stuff. You got race speed weeks. How many the Pepsi four hundred? How many firefighters do they have employed on a big race day? Like they just sold out for the um, Daytona five hundred, which they hadn't done in years. And there's probably close to three hundred firemen I'm working out there. Wow! It, do they? Do, do, you figure there's over two hundred thousand people there. It becomes yeah. a small. Yeah, that's true. What about law enforcement? Do they are they overtime or do they have their own like same kind of setup? They bring in off you know they get off duty work. Yeah, to come and sit in their patrol car and eat donuts. That's pretty and much then, it. <laughs> and watch, hire, watch the watch the fire and give everybody hugs. Guys. Accurate. <laughs> they they have both armed and unarmed security officers out there, and um, then there's a lot of. Uh, uh, you know, just off duty guys doing off duty stuff. I do, I do remember that when uh, you'd be working the front gate, everybody walking with thousands, like you're hundreds of thousands of people walking by, giving you high fives, giving you hugs, taking pictures in front of the engine. And across the way, there's a just a cop sitting in his car crying. Yeah, nobody likes us. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, I can. I, I know there's, that feeling. There's a lot of uh, special operations stuff that goes on out there as well. There are yeah. usually a couple SWAT teams, FBI, a lot of uh, civilian um, military teams out there. God, that's a lot of money paying for all yeah. that. Yeah. That's a big operation. Holy crap. It is a big deal. It's it's that way for lots of things down in Florida. I'm sure it's this way in other places too, but even, uh, was it bike weeks when they come through Leesburg? I remember our guys, our special operations guys, they'll they'll post up in a building in a room somewhere and be part of a command center. That's a state run thing or an FBI thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do air monitoring for the, for the whole time, the whole weekend they were in town. Cause it would draw like, you know, 125,000 people to Leesburg. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why they come to Leesburg. There's nothing there. That's a lot of scooter trash running around. <laughs> Oh, what was your favorite type of call to work? Extrication, extrication from a single wide. Let me guess. Someone dies on the shitter. I really loved a little bit of my history for your partner. There's, yeah, I was, uh, one of our first special ops lieutenants who worked on the squad and we specialized in hazmat at my station. And for a while there, we were running the whole County and we would just go, get on the truck in the morning sometimes not come back till after dark and i really dug doing meth labs after a while man i just loved interacting with the 
deputies and they all became really good friends and, mm-hmm. you know, just messing with those scumbags, man. It was just such fun. Oh, I remember, I remember that time you were, isn't that where you were when all the post 9-11 anthrax stuff popped off? Oh man, I lost like, in one shift, I lost like 15 pounds in sweat. Just oh. from suiting up all day? Wow. Putting on a level A suit. We were, we were not even taking them off all the way. And every freaking housewife in Lake County, every time they would, they would sometimes, it would drive me nuts, but they would sprinkle carpet fresh on their carpet and then turn around a half hour later and forgot that they did it and call 911 think somebody, some terrorist broke into their house and put anthrax all over their living room floor. Wow. Oh. Or one time somebody was eating a donut and walking through the courthouse and dropped some powdered sugar on the ground and they called it in. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. There was there was endless calls. I wasn't on the special operations team yet when that happened, but that was a, that was a wild time. Dang. So uh, with a meth lab, I've never worked one beyond you know the initial find. Are you guys the ones that would come in and actually clean that up, the hazmat side of it? No, we never cleaned it up because once you're the terms called cradle to grave. Once you take possession of something you're responsible for it until it's it's the end of its life you know what i mean yeah all regulation they're not stupid all these regulations that the government epa and all that's come up with so they would hire uh, a company that would come in and break each component down and and dispose of each deponent component separately so they would have contractors that would make i don't know how much money would they just show up with a six or seven drums on the on the back of a trailer and just break it down after you know law enforcement did their thing with it and uh clean it up that way what a mess we were there for mostly um, initial monitoring making sure that the deputies were safe or any of the leos were safe and and um just monitor their air for them and and, and take you know do fire protection stuff and all that kind of good stuff but we got to see a lot of crazy Man, you talk about ingenuity. You give a guy <laughs> an ounce of meth, dude, and a bunch of tools. Oh, my goodness. Make stuff happen. Yeah. I've seen where they've taken utility culverts and turned them into whole palaces underground. They have meth labs and all kinds of stuff living underground. You'd never know it was there. Yeah. Creative. That's wild. That's good. I remember there was a couple of years we had a big rash of the um, – the trunk ones people load them in the trunk to mix while they'd, they'd pay some guy to drive it around just drive laps around central florida yeah yeah i remember seeing a lot of I, I never found one of those but i remember seeing a lot of um safety briefings on that keep an eye out for that crap you can make meth in a two liter bottle yeah we had a bunch of those too wow were you there that night we um we had that one up in the forest when i was at 11 it was way out in the middle of the ocala forest just some dirty hippies and a tent site making meth is that the one that blew up and burned everybody i think so yeah then i was there we I mean, we got there after that it happened that's why we were called like the, the meth lab part was gone right yeah the burn patients i think we got called and we figured out it was a meth lab yeah we were carting we had brush trucks going in to fetch people out of the forest because the engines couldn't make it oh, and we didn't know it was a meth lab until like well into the scene did did you guys see uh maybe more of a recent thing but butane honey oil labs what bho it's a big thing in california butane honey oil they they would uh 
use butane to extract um, basically like a THC oil out of the bud uh, or the leaves. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but they were blowing up all the time in California too because you're using butane and you're an idiot. And you just soak it? You blow it. Uh, they, they put it in like these big cylinders. I may be off here. I'm, I'm sure someone's going to correct me. Uh, they pack all the bud in there and then they pour or spray the butane on top and it comes through the bud or the leaves and then it it pulls all of the honey oil with it and then they have to let the butane evaporate off of it but sometimes they get a little impatient and they put it on a hot plate <laughs> and that's when the bombs go off <coughs> you can only imagine yeah yeah oh but yeah I- that may be more of a recent thing and that and maybe I've never heard of it yeah okay so it's yeah you it wasn't a- big before I left. I left in 17. Okay. You get a kick out of this, Chief. One of our friends up here, he got a he got hired for a landscaping job in California. He was hurting for work. This was like, mm-hmm. like eight years ago or ten yeah. years ago or something. Yeah. And this guy up here is like, oh, yeah, I got, a, I got a landscape gig for you. You can go down. These guys pay well. He gets down there. It's, it's in NorCal. And he shows up to this place. And it's a legit like cartel run grow, and his oh, yeah. his job was to manage all the crackheads that were working. That's they they gave him a gun, and gave him his orders because he didn't do drugs, <laughs> and they're like, here you're and the uh, one of the guys working there caught their um, it's like their tent city thing on fire and burned it down. He said that was the most scared he's ever been in his whole life. He's like, oh, my God, they're going to hunt me down and kill my family. What a mess. Yeah. NorCal's famous for that. Was it Humboldt County up there? That's yeah. where Seth worked. I used to work there. And then uh, that place Jared was just referring to was actually within my the last area that I worked as well. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty famous for that. A lot of good stories involving marijuana and cartels. I can't believe that goes on. We have another friend here that yeah. he works for, uh, he's a federal LEO and he, he does all kinds of crazy work like that. Um, investigations it could be around smuggling around drugs around whatever the topic is. And the volume of it down South in the Southwest is, is insane to me. Yeah. I just I, don't know why it's allowed to happen. I, I don't even know if you could stop it. It's so prevalent. I think that's called the war on drugs. We're losing. Let's legalize it all and just tax the hell out of it. And yeah, make it be that way. That might be a better yeah. strategy. We just we just learned from a friend that um, there's. You probably don't know this. Nobody knows this really. In the Spokane greater area, there's a lot of Russians, like tons of Russian immigrants up here. There's a group of Russians up north on one of the trail systems of just south of the Canadian border that in the last year or two has been taxing people as they come through the trails. What? For public, yeah. public land. Yeah, somebody's, somebody told us that the other day. They're like, yeah, you, you can't go up there anymore. The Russians are taking money, from, like making people pay money to go in there. I was like... You know what? We should we should drop a little dime to the militia up there. And see I'm not going there. Let them handle it. I'm not dealing with that. No. I also don't know any militia members up there. I don't, I don't know any at all, but, um, you know. So. I'm telling you, if Red Dawn starts... I'm coming Idaho. Come see us. We're here. We got your back. I got a home full of guns and beans. We got we got all we got you covered. We got your RV hookup ready. Awesome. Bring your barbecue. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of the barbecue here. <laughs> Big critters too. Oh yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. We're a little over an hour. Chief, thanks for joining us. Yeah. It's always good My to talk pleasure. to you. 
I would like to have you and Steve on one day. We can do a funny episode about um, shenanigans type things. Yeah, sounds fun. Well, how's Steve doing? I haven't talked to him in like probably a year or two. He's doing great, man. He's uh, he's doing great. So I'll let him tell you the <laughs> rest awesome. of his story. Save that for later. Yeah, I'll give him a call here soon. So. Yeah, do that. All right, well, thanks for joining cool. us. Great to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Miss you, Milk. I miss you too. Hey, Big Daddy. Hold on after I hang up here, okay? All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and we would just like to mention a few things before you go. Yes. As always, we don't have any sponsors right now. So we are sponsoring this ourselves. Self-sponsored. Fantastic. What's your business, Seth? Uh, so I am one of the owners of 10-8 Real Estate. And if you know your brevity codes, like you're a first responder, you'll know that 10-8 means in service. So we're in service all the time, taking care of our clients. Um, excellent little bit of news is that we have a new member of the team. Happy to announce. He's very hey. familiar. There he is right there across from hey. me. Uh, Jared has joined the team. So we now have two retired first responders on the team. And then my wife would be the third person currently. She's the brains behind the operation, the boss lady. And we are uh, part of EXP Realty. So um, could be a good avenue for some of you that may be transitioning or retiring or finding a new career path or part-time. Uh, feel free to reach out to us and we can help guide you on that journey in real estate. It's a wonderful, wonderful field to be in. That's correct. EXP is fantastic. Absolutely. Um, You can find us. Our website is 10, all written out, 10-8realestate.com. On Instagram, we are 10 underscore 8 real estate. And on Facebook, we are at 10 8 real estate. So hit us up. Let's talk. And... Anything else to add? Yeah. Uh, our specialty on the real estate side is helping first responders find their dream home. Bring it. You know we got so your back. You want to relocate to North Idaho and soon to be Western Montana. Yeah. Um, hit us up. We got you covered. Yeah. We will uh, protect you like we're working a beat together. <laughs> that's correct. That's right. I don't know what you, what do you call it in the fire department. It's not a beat. Shift. Shift. Yeah, that's cool. Like you guys are. First well, area is first due. Shift is the literal time frame. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. There we go. All right. And my wife and I, my wife Ashley and I, we own two businesses here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. One is called Northland Strength. It's a training, um, strength and performance training, training facility for athletes, for youth athletes. And then we also started a private school this year called Northland Training Academy. And you can find them at Northland Strength on Instagram and at Northland underscore CDA is the school also on Instagram. And my kids go there. It's awesome. The model is fantastic. Hopefully it spreads worldwide. I yeah, love it. that's one thing we're doing. We are cataloging and documenting all of our steps and progress. So we are going to take this model that we've created and give it to people sometime next year. We'll be like, here, do this. Most people are scared to start their own school. They think they can't. They think people won't pay them money. They think all these things, uh, most of that is just misconceptions or fear-based ideology that they've adopted. So we're going to help people with that. It's an awesome alternative to the traditional method. Yeah. Oh, we can't forget the show. Oh, yeah. If you want to find us <laughs> on Instagram, we're at Copy That Radio, and the show is hosted 
at Anchor FM, and that's anchor.fm slash copy that radio. You can actually send us a voice message from Anchor. Um, and anywhere the description is listed on Apple or Spotify or Google, wherever you're listening, there's a link at the end of our episode description. You can message us. So if you have a story you want to tell, you want to share with us, or somebody you want to connect us with, several people have reached out trying to connect us with first other first responders that have some crazy stories we're working on getting them scheduled. Um, you can do that. Just shoot us a message on there or Instagram at copy that radio. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye. Thank you.